Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC. Please bookmark Headcanon Games for the latest in Polyhedron news. Polyhedron is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I am joined with me by my two co-hosts, Ryan. I'm not dead. Good. We're happy. And Scott. We were very worried. I'm told. You, so, weren't, you so, weren't here, Ryan. I know. What? What? Ryan, you are here. I honestly I honestly don't know what you did without me. It, it was it was okay. We had Kaylee. She uh, uh, she, she brought the heat. All she right. brought the heat and the thunder. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Kaylee. All right. Well, I guess I'll have to turn this mother out then. Yeah. You're going to have to. <laughs> have Who are we going to turn it down for? Pull, pull the ripcord. I turned down for naught. <laughs> for naught? Well, None do I turn Well, perhaps down respite in the constabulary. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only people I turned down for. Yeah. Well, welcome back, Ryan. Welcome back, everyone, to the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Yeah, we had a real cool episode with Kayla last time. Please, if you're just picking us up, go back on episode, listen to us. Also, welcome. Um, but let's get right into the news because we got a couple fun things to talk about. Um, I'll get started by stating that uh, something really cool in my sort of gaming sphere has come up. Uh, a company has been given the official license for the Warhammer 40k role-playing uh, game. It is called Wrath and Glory. Uh, it has no release date or anything. It's by a company known as Ulysses Spiel. Uh, they are, uh, this is the North American branch of that German company. Uh, they have a very good pedigree. A lot of the writers, developers, the like, have done like Planescape. Yeah. yeah Ravenloft, that's what the one I wanted to say. Ravenloft, yep. Planescape. They did some star- a lot of Star Wars pedigree. They did Star Wars Edge of Empire. There's a lot of really cool, diverse backgrounds coming to this role-playing game. I'm looking forward to it because Fantasy Flight did a really good job, in my opinion. But I'm interested to see where a new company takes it in a sure. different direction. Is is the Fantasy Flight game still going to be a thing? Like the Rogue Trader or the... the like? No, that's all gone. That has all it's their... All gone? Their license. Yeah, Fantasy Flight completely lost their license from GW. I mean, it's okay, though. They got Star Wars... Yeah, they got them. Fantasy flies. Fantasy flights fine, and as they have a Arkham Horror. They'll be I mean, I okay. They, I guess they did pretty much everything that they could in that universe. Um, damn near it. They were. I mean, did, they didn't release like a Xenos book or anything. Oh like yeah, that. they did. Oh yeah, yeah. Like so you could play as a, as, you, as an Eldar. You could play as an Eldar. Uh, you could play as an Orc. A Rogue Ooh. Trader was the game that was really pioneered that. It was sort of the middle child of all of it. Gotcha. It was like, yeah, you're playing space. Uh, galactic space merchants that go adventuring, looting the galaxy for stuff, and you can meet crazy weird things and take take on Xenos tech. So they made Eldar rules, they made Orc rules. Obviously, a lot of the more like, inherently hostile ones you couldn't be. Yeah. Uh, but they even went as like as I've said before, Black Crusade was the other end of that, which is you're playing the bad guys, uh, the baddies. Yeah, and they were they and they did a very very good job. They had done all the way up to Second Edition Dark Heresy, mm-hmm. and they were probably ramping into the next one. GW has been going through a lot of revision lately. Huh. Uh, Eighth Edition Warhammer 40k just came out, and they I guess with this revision they were like we're going to take the license back from Fantasy flight and give it to these guys and see All what right. they can do well, with it. Well, we'll see. I mean, space fascism. I like it better than real fascism. That's true. It's probably How more topical. interesting and probably just a little bit more nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Have you have yeah. you have you read the forty K books? No. no? <laughs> so no. So no. I, mean, I will say there's, that. Like, well, listen. There's space in it, so it's like <laughs> twice as nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, there are actual, like, Elder God things that uh, can infect and corrupt humanity. Yep. So at least there's, like, a baseline of legitimacy Also, yeah. space fascism. Yeah. Also, yep. you had to have an engineer on the space fascist ship, so they're, like, above 100 IQ. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that's which, true. Which, you know, can't be said for real fascist. For <laughs> <most> <laughs> well, okay. Uh, moving right along. Because you don't want to hear about this from us. We, this is not our forte, it's though not, we have opinions. I mean, it's, it's just easy, because yep. they're basically not people. <laughs> <laughs> God. Basically. Uh, anyway. But I, it, I, yeah, no, that sounds really interesting. Uh, I don't really have much... Uh, I've been playing a lot of... Uh, I, I played... Uh, started playing through another run of uh, Shadowrun, the uh, the Hong Kong expansion you were telling yeah, about. I, I, I did Dragonfall. I realized that it was on my on my machine, and I didn't have to do anything special to get it. So, so I double clicked the mouse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I did Dragonfall. I, I went through that, and then uh, Knights of the Frozen Thrones Hearthstone expansion came out. And it's fantastic. That's we'll play what it. I've been up to. A lot. Um, yeah, it's very cool. And also, what's coming up is DragonCon, everyone. Oh boy, oh, boy. oh yeah. We live yeah. in the ATL. You know where we're going to be Labor Day weekend. Uh-huh. Along with all, along with the Crimson Tide and the <laughs> Seminoles. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, there's always some real fun interactions. Yeah, but, they're uh, going to get in a, they're going to have to get in an elevator with Captain America and a girl with, you know, electrical tape over their nipples and just really under, try to understand what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's okay. We've I think we've we've got our tendrils out into the culture at large that I think they can probably figure it out. It's not like the stairs we used to get back like in the early aughts. Oh yeah, when we used to share it with the Southern Baptist Convention. Ooh, that was fun. That was real fun. Uh but they liked us because man, nerds can drink. Come to find oh, out. Oh no, the the hotels and the restaurants down there, that is like that's like fucking Mardi Gras Christmas for them. Yes. Like, they make so much money yeah, from it. Because no one else is downtown like downtown's basically if, if no one if you don't know Atlanta, which I mean if if you don't, if you're not from Atlanta and you listen to this podcast, awesome. Um, but yeah, downtown's basically a ghost town most of the time. No one lives there. Yep. Nothing happens there unless it's like a big, like weird sport thing. There's a couple, I mean, there's a couple clubs. There's, some, there's some, you come in for that and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But most of the time it's just a freaking wasteland. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, drag, then a hundred thousand people show up for yeah. one weekend. Eighty-five thousand is a prediction. Yeah, Eighty-five this year. It goes up by five thousand a year thereabouts, and yeah. you know, and, and they just every business in that area basically just makes, makes millions, a shit ton of money, makes millions of dollars. Yeah, just, just money gets thrown every which way. It's a great because uh, I was actually talking to other set of friends. Uh, you have other friends. Yes. The fuck, man. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm it's sorry. Like, the cat's out of bag. It it's happens. like when you come home to your cats after petting other cats. <laughs> yeah. How fucking dare you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I was talking to them about, and it, it's very interesting. Dragon Con's actually probably one of the biggest, or I would say in the United States, fan-run convention. Yeah. It's almost inclusively fan-run. Um, There's like only- three paid people. Five. five. As far as my number currently know is five. There's five people who draw a paycheck. Everything else is volunteer based. Mm. Um, and so it does not happen without people volunteering their time. Hey, to all of you suckers out there, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would never, ever volunteer for Dragon Con because I know a lot of people who do it. And I admire their fortitude for turning their thing they love into a job matthew yeah yeah yeah. um but yeah it's like you have to work x number of hours and i just did like 
I did the hard math on how much, how many hours out of the con you're working. And depending on what job you, depends on how hard doing. you work. And what that dollar for dollar means you're being paid. And you know what? It ain't much. Nope. <laughs> there are some other perks, but uh, what what Ryan is alluding to is uh, I have been given the great opportunity to become the editor for Dragon Con um, video production. I'll be handling a lot of their interviews. So if you see anything in the loft area, which is just uh, uh, talking to some of the big celebrities, that's I'm the guy who's going to be doing the editing for that. Dude, which, is Gigi Edgeley going to be there? Who? You know, Chiana from Farscape. Chiana from Farscape, probably, maybe. If she's on the God list, damn. Ooh, I'm not in control of that. That that oh, all. Man. Let's be honest. Could me. you like? I don't know. Hook a brother up. I I don't know what I want out of this. I, I expect, actually expect, expect pictures, guys. I'm, expect I met lots of pictures. her in person uh, back in the day at the at a save Farscape party uh, that happened at the chamber, uh, which of course, yeah, of course, it was. I mean, that's just where they had it, um, and so uh, yeah, she was real nice. Um, that was a great context in which to meet her. <laughs> I would I would assume so. There I would hope a, so. There was a great show with uh, with uh, Captain Picard and a Borg Queen that happened on stage. Uh, and all right, I guess all right. We, I guess, no, hold on. We need to pull the curtain back here because some people might not know what the chamber is. That's the true. Chamber is a BDSM club. <laughs> if yeah, it's I mean, not obvious by the put name, put that in your head. Let it <laughs> let it marinate. Let it percolate. It's not there anymore. No, oh, no, no. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, it, it moved. It basically changed its name and moved to somewhere in underground Atlanta. Okay. A lot of a lot of tubing, I'm assuming, in that sketch. Oh yeah, of, yeah, tubes. yeah. There was there was there was a there was a very sci-fi out. I don't, I'm cross. not sure why like Chiana immediately was the thing that jumped to mind. Probably because it, she jumps to mind a lot. Oh yeah, I mean GGLG, holy <laughs> crap. Yep. So, but Dragon Con's going to be great. Um, unfortunately, unlike last year, where Dra- Polyhedron had sort of a meet and greet, we don't have time for that this year. We're because too damn busy. You're too busy. I will There's a lot say of stuff that, going on. I will say, though, that you can probably find me in the game room in the America's Mart if you're just like, if you just for some reason want to like tell me what a piece of shit I am, oh, feel yeah. free. But I'm gonna come to, I'll talk to you about LARPing. Yeah. So we'll, you can we'll, strap in if you weren't, if you haven't had enough of that <laughs> shit. I know, I'll, I'll probably be uh, at the same place in the LARP tables. Um, and the gaming room and all that stuff, that's going to be kind of home base for me. I will be I'll everywhere. I'll challenge you to some pump it yeah, up. Nowhere. Yeah. Tokyo Attack, man. That's some good stuff. I'll, yeah. I'll, we'll cha- I'll challenge you to some video game or something. And yeah, we can man. Like play for all the marbles, whatever those yeah. marbles but if are. You, but if you're interested in Dragon Con, come, please come down. It'll be a great time. You'll have bring a buddy. It's better with a friend. And you'll have you'll just have a fantastic time, even for a day. It's uh-huh. it's super fun. Also, also when, the, when the sun goes down... Con gets dirty. Con gets dirty. <laughs> Just warning you now. It, get, yeah. it gets crazy. Also, the floor in the Marriott is disgusting. <laughs> That's all. Well, it's, but they clean it every night, like spit and yeah. spam. And you know that it's makes not, it all that makes it worse, it's in my enough. opinion. It's like, not enough. I'll tell you, there's there is a very distinct feeling of walking through a pulse. Is it? It's yeah, it's yeah, the pulse. Yeah. Yes, it's pulse, pulse lounge or yeah, pulse lounge or something. Yeah, it's just the big walking, bug bar in the middle. Walking across that tile floor and just feeling the. It's not yeah. that bad. It is one hundred percent. Well, that okay, bad. yeah, at like four a.m. in the morning. All right, gentlemen, I have questions. All right, right, you right. You have answers. Fine. All right. All Go right. to Dragon Con. It's fun. Come fight me. I don't yeah. know. Segway. That was a tremendously great segue. Indeed. There. All right. So, just like last episode, we are going through the RPG A Day 2017 questions. Uh, these are fun questions. I mean, obviously, we're probably not going to have super great answers for all of these. But, you know what? It's real, it's real good. It's a, it's a good kind of pan gaming perspective, and it... it it's worth a couple of episodes of content. 
Yep. Sweet, sweet, delicious content. Yep. Straight to your ear holes. Yeah, because, that's what we're here for. Well, because, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit. Dragon Con, it's eating all of our time. Yep. We're, we are but clowns, and we need a shtick. Yeah. So <laughs> for this episode, we're going to sort of go in the middle of those questions, those uh, RPG a day questions, and then the next episode, we'll probably finish up those questions, and then we'll probably be in late, mid, late early September, and then we'll get kind of back into our back, normal Back group. into more more yeah. uh, engaging topics. God, yeah. These are still pretty fun, though. We need I another like famous it. person to interview, otherwise this is going downhill real quick. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I've got some ideas. Well, uh, good. I mean, uh, good. If, if your opportunity doesn't do anything for our uh, our needs then what the hell <laughs> yeah i know yeah why are you selling i'm here to fulfill your desire why are you selling our why are you selling yourself if it's not to help us come on <laughs> duh <laughs> oh just um, to lure you into into my trap my web that's all anyway doing a great job so question number 11 cool which dead game would you like to see reborn i guess an out of print or just not uh, a okay i think i got mm, it yeah. i got one for that all right, i think go for it um D20 Star Wars is essentially dead. Mm. Um, yeah. Saga Edition was kind of 4th edition in t- for the Star Wars uh, universe. It came out before 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Um, uh, for those who don't know, the D20 version of you know Star Wars used very, very similar rule sets. The third 3.5 D&D, mm-hmm. same layout, same everything. Um, so, you know, Saga Edition was kind of the next progression, but it was a f- based off the early version of fourth edition which mm-hmm. you know yeah, i'm not very familiar with the saga great. it wasn't it wasn't super great it was it was limited in that way that it, you know it had enough of the variability it still had classes that mm-hmm. where you got stuff at every level instead of like maneuvers and stuff right so i don't know i mean fantasy flight star wars is cool i like it very much but i i think that the star wars universe could really use a fifth edition analog because I don't know. Fifth edition's easy. It's really easy to manage, mm-hmm. and it's all there. And it'd be, I think it was just so you'd like it like a fifth edition based yeah, Star f- Wars. Yeah, just a fifth edition Star Wars, which it technically would be after Saga. Like just that's cool. I wiz- mean, come I, on, wizards, get on it. <laughs> would you go back to the D, the old uh, West End uh, D six game? Oh no, I that's, don't like. I don't okay, like that. Pips. That that hits. Uh, that that hits the old nostalgia button uh, because that's that's like the classic Star Wars gaming experience. Mm-hmm. But it's a real old system. I'm, it's not I, great. And you it's know what? Not... I uh, uh, as much as I don't like D twenty, um, I firmly tolerate it for Star Wars. Like I, that's that's the most D twenty experience I've ever had, which is is the Star Wars D twenty. Um, and the Star Warsness was more than enough to to wash away my my antipathy for the. D20 uh, and system. I will say that, full sugar and all that. Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I will say that I like a uh, fantasy flight system a little bit better than D twenty in some in some ways. I like it right now because the variance of a D twenty it it is a merciless motherfucker and it will destroy your life. Yep. However, I feel like the um, the weird ass dice of fantasy flight Star Wars are a little more merciful because you know. It's They're non- more nuanced. Or it's absolutely. non-binary. It's a non-binary system in which you can succeed even when you fail in some form or fashion, which that's, I I prefer. The good, that's the good shit, man. It is. I mean, yes. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's... I just... You know, here's the thing. Fantasy Flight Star Wars is way, is actually kind of fucking complicated. In, in like, because you introduced a system in which you have do- two versions of success, like advantage, disadvantage versus success and failure, you have to have... Every single skill, 
every single thing has to have a way to spend those advantages or deal yeah, with yeah. those disadvantages. It, it's, it's more complicated. It's more complicated in a number of ways because it's like, oh, diplomacy, you failed, but you got four advantage up, so four people are still kind of sympathetic to you, so you yeah, might... But then that's really how it works. Like, you may now... You don't sway the crowd, but, like, a couple people are sympathetic to you, even though, you know, based yeah. on the number of events, which is like, okay, you know. It's interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, I can see where you're going with that. I mean, Star Wars D20 worked. Mm-hmm. It was functional. It did It did what it needed to do. It worked. I, I mean, I, I'm pro- I will probably, I haven't actually cracked open Fantasy Flight Star Wars, although I probably should, uh, but. You can pick up pretty much any of the th- Edge of the Empire, or Age of Rebellion, right. or Force what of Destiny. What I absolutely adore with same, with all those new ones is that each one, each because there's different eras that you can play in, mm-hmm. and they tell a different, very different story right. that you're trying to hit. If you want to play more of the Rebellion, the scoundrel sort of stuff, you get the Edge of Empire stuff, which is more of the modern stuff, uh, yeah. like in the the original four, the original three. It, it's movies. fucking genius, though. They make yeah. it look like this big, massive book, but a lot of it is literally just copy and pasted from each other. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds. of pages nice, hundreds nice. of pages all why the, do why do triple the work man the well, meat the meat of it is actually i mean yeah it's all different stuff here and there force and destiny obviously exceptionally different because i had to include force powers yes. and stuff and you can and honestly you can use any of the class grid systems it's like final fantasy 10 for some reason uh you know like you you move along tracks and stuff with different abilities so there's different avenues but yeah it's pretty good i, I but i would love to see a d20 tree sure yep I have a game. What would you do? And this is because this is technically yeah, this is a dead game. I would, and I want to see this because I want to see it done with like full modern RPG glory, like with some serious like modern game design. I want whole. Oh Jesus Christ! Give me. I, whole. I knew you were gonna probably say something like that. Yeah, I I want to see an updated sexified hole. You mean buttery wholesomeness? And buttery wholesomeness as well. Okay, you know so what? let's do freebasing. Uh, you may want to explain to the audience because that is some obscure ATL so, shit right there. So this is some, some lore. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, uh, this is an apocryphal story that White, White Wolf of old liked to tell uh, that when they were ramping up their, their themselves, I think it was back in first edition days, uh, they, they, they claim that they received uh, a spiral-bound notebook uh, stuffed into a manila envelope uh, with no return address. Yep. And in it was a game called Hull. H-O-L. Human Occupied Landfall. Uh, and it was a royally fucked up, like... Handwritten. Like- handwritten. Like, like basically, like, when, when, when you look at the whole book, it, it looks as though it has been photocopied mm. From a spiral bound notebook, handwritten, um, it looks real janky. So either this actually happened, or somebody was somebody, having a lot somebody, of fun. So, somebody was on a lot, lot of cocaine. Or <laughs> that's you know, or, Mark you Ryan know, Hagen just or Mark, had himself a good weekend. Or he had just been reading House of Leaves, yeah, and he just or, really needed to get it out of his system. And I believe what happens a couple years later, I, but they they purposely did this. Like somebody designed it, and mm. they brought something called buttery wholesomeness. Yeah, because. The whole, like I said, it's 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 space, it's super weird space fiction, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And there's pre-generated characters in the in the in the in the first book. There's no actual character creation, uh, in in whole. Uh, but eventually they did an update to it called Buttery Wholesomeness that had character creation rules and the chart chart, the chart chart, and expanded spending. You could die in character creation. Yep. Um, 
Like, that was half the game right there yeah. for Buddy Your Wholesome was, was just was rolling just, on that was, damn chart. random as fuck. Mutant Epoch is basically a yeah. lot like that, yeah. And um, it also came with a supplemental game uh, in Buttery Wholesomeness called Freebasing, uh, which, was, <laughs> which was a LARP, uh, which the way you start playing Freebasing, the way you, the way you, you, it was kind of like an ARG kind of LARP. You were supposed to play it in the real world. Uh, the way you start playing it and announce to other players that you're playing is you burn down your house. <laughs> um, legit and there's a yeah there's there you save you can save the game uh by going to any like payphone and like dialing zero and saying something into the payphone and that saves your game so if you die you'll come right back you'll come right back uh and you're, you're the, the goal, money was xp yeah, yeah the money of the game was to get xps which are little green pieces of paper that can be exchanged for goods and services and uh, how to ca- that's how you cast spells too that's how you cast spells yeah that's right um so it was um uh, the way you, the way you tell other players that you're playing freebasing is you uh, you take two fingers and you vigorously thump the inside of your elbow mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to to, uh, to 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 and that, that's how you communicate. Uh, uh, so have, yeah, they were so very amused with themselves. They really were. They, they oh, were, I, if they I were, can, if there's a wiki article or something, I will put this in the show notes for because you reminded me about Hole. Yeah, Hole Hole is a delightful, terrible thing. And I would love to see it. It's deviant as fuck. Oh yeah, it's real. It's real gross. But it's not like like fatal gross. No, like no, fa- fatal is like straight up misogynistic and racist. Well, you don't want hole rectal just, diameter. You yeah. want just, the, you know the fun thing about hole just in the, in the concept of the universe. Real quick is I won't get into a lot of details. The funny thing is you play one of the exceptional people of the world. Either you're exceptionally good or exceptionally, exceptionally bad. bad. Yeah. Um, and you're sent to hole because. Uh, you can't have exceptional people out in the universe. We can only have mediocrity. Yeah, the, the great, the great space empire weeds out exceptional people yep. and puts them in it's like the a fucking Vonnegut story. Yeah, it really is. They they put them in the human occupied landfill, which is this tiny planet on the edge of space. Yep, they're like uh, everyone gets eventually the chart chart and all that. No matter how many times you roll, will eventually land you in hole into the hole, and ba- that's ba- where you basically are. whenever your character creation ends when you get the result that puts you into hole. It's, it's gonzo nuts. It's, 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 it actually, that's perfect. It's, it is a Hunter S Thompson as fuck. Oh yeah. It's sci-fi Hunter S Thompson. So I want to see that game come back. All right. Real quick. My answer. I thought about this. I want legitimate, a fifth edition version of Planescape. Like front and front and, uh, front and back the original, like multiple book, multiple pamphlet Planescape setting. With all of the different multiverse, all of the sigil, all of it. They've hinted at a lot of it. I believe there is some uh, couple books that actually deal with it, but that's what I would want wholeheartedly. In I, I was in, cool. I've been to sigil. I didn't know that that's what I was, that's what sigil was. Like, you know, the, the GM didn't mention that part that he, you know, was from a source. I mean, I knew it had to have been, but I yep. didn't know what source. But yeah, you know, I fucked around in sigil. Uh, <laughs> or if, if, if that's okay. not obscure enough or like dead enough for people, I would also say the Council of Worms because that's one that has never been done, uh, other than the original AD and D version, which cool. is you play dragons. Yeah, dragons. Yeah, everyone plays a dragon. All right, number twelve. Which RPG has the most inspiring interior art? I've oh. got something for this. Hmm. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Oh yeah, of course. It's uh, the uh, Trinity uh, Aeon, the, the Aeon, um, because uh, the Trinity Universe books, the Trinity. Not the Trinity Universe, but the Aeon era books, uh, which is the space opera sci-fi game of those that trilogy, uh, were split into in-play and out-of-play sections. And the in-play sections were done up in this super slick, like, sci-fi media um, presentation, 
um, which they basically they did the they did their their level best to sort of present what scanning through a terminal in this sci-fi universe like like the the people the like whenever they showed like a picture of a person uh it would be this weird like obviously holographic kind of pseudo 3d uh um representation of them um and they just it was the layout the art was all just really goddamn evocative and really told you what this world of 100 plus years from now looks like and feels like mm. <clears throat> I would totally agree. All the art is very unique in each of the era of the books mm-hmm. and all of that and really gave you feeling. But I guess mine, I had to look it up real quick, uh, Nobilis. Oh, yeah. I Actually, I thought Nobilis was the one you were going to say, Scott, um, just because it's beautiful. It's a coffee. Basically, it's a coffee. It's an RPG <laughs> that's also, also an art book. I'm told it's unplayable. It's basically. These later editions are much more playable from what people have told me, but the first book is gorgeous. Just wonderful weird evocative abstract artwork because the whole point is you deal with concepts and yeah. very very metaphysical things um so that it's very evocative and i've seen that book and it's it's wonderful it's uh, basically a book that uh that you, you kind of play one of the endless like from yeah. the sandman like you're kind of kind of on that scale of power and, and influence over reality it's cool as shit yeah it really is it's neat Go check it out. We'll get to the later editions. It'll be much more palpable because it gets, it was written by a brilliant, but, uh, um, a very eccentric person. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot her name. I, I, I forgot. When, yeah, when no. she wrote it, her name was Rebecca Borgstrom. Right. Uh, she's changed her name since then. I don't recall exact. Just, uh, Jenna Moran, I think, is what she calls herself. Oh, okay. Interesting. I didn't know she had changed her name. So, I think for me, I don't actually pay much attention to art in books. It doesn't... I usually just pay attention to mechanics. I barely even read flavor text because I'm just that kind of human. Uh, but... You are a robot? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Big quotes on human. Um <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Exalted did their damnedest to make, to, oh, yeah. to be kind of evocative in terms of just showing you how what everyone kind of looks like, like what mm. the world kind of they give you a sense of scale. What the Exalts kind of dress like, how they move, what they do, and the fact that it took the form of comic books was oh yeah. Which and I don't know. Listen, I actually genuinely don't know if this is canon or not, but at least in the Exalted games I played, run by you know our good friend Dolores Kelly, those comic books were just real. Those are part of the world yeah. that you live in. Um, those are the holy tracks, baby. Mm-hmm. That's what you. That's how you. You know, you learn about your dragon blood masters and mm-hmm. how awesome they are. Isn't yeah, it? pamphlets and everything. Yeah, it's like read this awesome comic about this fire. You know, this fire aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so just I, better than you in every way. He's better than you. He's more noble than you. You know, his dick's bigger. And, <laughs> and if you're a good little little immaculate slave, you might become an exalt in your next life. In the next life. Yeah, definitely. Not this ne- life. Definitely your next life. Definitely. Taxes, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> life, you've got to motherfucking pay and obey. Okay. Um, what we got next? Uh, let's see here. Describe a game experience that changed how you play. Oh, Jesus. I kind of hit that last time. Um, I mean, I don't... I can't, like, nail down when it was or what it was, but I feel like the first time I lost a character that was like around for a while like that i had lost a character that i actually cared about for the first time was when i sort of understood that perming sucks and maybe needs to be avoided as best it can you know don't that the whole old school like bring a stack of character sheets gm's job is to murder you 
sort of that sort of thought process is garbage. the antagonistic thought yeah, the, process. An, the antagonistic thought way of doing it it's when that you know it just happened and i think it's garbage and I, that's when i learned i was actually kind of young when it happened too hmm. so you know i've always I, I still had many more years of dealing with the antagonistic side of things so that was me um mine was in a vampire larp um one of basically my character had gotten into a situation uh and had basically asked for basically asked for help from somebody else um and you know in the context of a boon which in in vampire is kind of the currency um and you kind of it's it's wise not to fuck around with boons um but this guy totally overstepped his bounds and uh screwed both mine and kelly's kelly my wife's character over in a pretty hard major way um and it um it was actually one of the assistant storytellers who did it, uh, but he was playing his PC at the time. It was real. It was real incestuous like that. Um, and the main ST tried to make it better, um, but there really just it, there wasn't any turning around. And that actually, I quit the game because of that, uh, just because it put my character and my wife's character in a really untenable position that would leave us not having a lot of fun. Um, so we quit that game and I think that was kind of the big turning point for me, not so much in terms of how I play, but what I play. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm very discerning about the tables I sit at Hmm. and the games I come to, uh, just because I don't have any more time for dealing with people's bullshit. Um, so I, I'm much, much quicker to pull the ripcord on, uh, games that are shitty or put us put me in a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I'm 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 edging up to forty. I don't have time for that kind of crap. I, mm. When I sit when I when I dedicate some time to to a game, I'm there to have fun. I'm not there to get shit on. Yeah. So that 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 experience really kind of that would definitely I think is a perfectly valid answer yeah. to to that question because you changed the nature of how you looked at role playing overall mm-hmm. rather than just role playing a character. Right. Um, mine's going to actually be more along those lines, Scott. Um, I was in a really tumultuous D&D game during college. I'm not going to go into any details, uh, but uh, it really made me examine friendships and how you approach gaming and where the spotlight of the story goes. It really made me start thinking of gaming in the sense of was the nature of like the narrative where things go because basically what it was coming down to was the party was splitting up mm-hmm. but the gm was like well yeah you can make a new character because they're gonna they're going along the main plot so you if you want to continue playing you've got to go with them like uh-huh. it was kind of being held hostage because people those who followed the main plot were the center of attention therefore right. you couldn't have characters that were counter to that or were like yeah that dude's an asshole why would I ever be around helping him it's like you couldn't divert the main plot you couldn't change the rails yeah and that's and that opened my mind a little bit a lot and in examining how you look at games yeah. and what where that spotlight is and where the rails go and trying to make sure that the rails if there are rails they're very fluid and potentially hidden yeah, ra- from rails aren't necessarily inherently terrible it's just they've got to be managed appropriately uh, their abuse uh, is easy their abuse is easy and you know it, it takes a lot of give and take from player and ta- mm-hmm. player and and, and gm um because you know sometimes you got to put some shit on rails yep like sometimes you just do so like this this is the thing that's happening we're going to get to this point we're going to go back to sandbox mode but you got to work with me guys on the other hand 
that can be really fun, not unfun if that's all it is. Mm, absolutely. What's the next question? All right, let's see here. Um, uh, what RPG do you prefer for open-ended campaign play? Open-ended? Ooh, yeah. interesting. Oh, well, that's kind I've, of... I've, I've got this. All right. I've got one for this. Shadowrun. Put it down. Shadowrun. Oh. <laughs> uh, Shadowrun is really good. The first real major campaign of Shadowrun I played was a very open-ended troop-style game, uh, which um, it had like... 10 to 15 players uh but it was not it was whoever showed up to pl- to play that game was the people that played uh, and they're the one they're the shadow runners that were in the bar when the johnson came for with the job yep um so it, well, there wasn't a set run team there wasn't a it was it was a much more open um living city kind of feel to the game that's larpy uh, as fuck yeah it was really larpy as fuck it was it was it was kind of like a boffer table it's boffer style tabletop game where it's like it's not about a specific set of characters it's about a, about a city and the people who are in that city and who gets who's there at the time in the scenario the time, exactly. get thrown into uh like so like my character was a decker in that game and uh i literally showed up one day uh we showed up late to the late to the game uh, and it was just a very serendipitous moment. Uh, we showed up late to the game. They were already in the middle of the run, and they ran into a thing where they needed a decker. So the way it happened in play was, like, I got a phone call from one of the people, from, from one of the, the other players who I had met before. They're like, hey, man, are you free? We need a decker for a thing. I was like, let me check my calendar. Yeah, I'm good. And so I, I, I slotted in as the decker uh, and, uh, and, and got that. Uh, and, uh, it was, and because we weren't like a set run team, we didn't have like set loyalties. It was a little looser with the morality. Uh, cause I, I actually pulled one over on them, uh, uh, in the midst of that game, uh, where like they had just taken out a bunch of like, uh, uh, cyber, cybernetic, uh, up like mooks. Um, and like, they're like, Hey, can you, uh, we need to get rid of these bodies because I wasn't with them because they were in the middle of shit when mm-hmm. I was a decker so I could do my shit r- remotely. Uh, and I was like, yeah, no, I'll take care of it. So I called up my fixer and say like, so what, what will you give me for some lightly used cyber tech? <laughs> uh, and like, I basically got my fixer to pick up all the bodies and, and harvest all the cyber tech. And then I didn't cut them in on the deal and never told them about it. <laughs> I make more money than you. Uh, no, there's like, you got that's, rid of those that's bo- the li- That right there is a great example of the little things you can be a dick about in a game mm-hmm. and you, nobody it's can really totally, blame you for it. And it's totally fine. That's like a, that's a venial sin. You yeah. Know? That's yeah. not, and, it, and if anyone did find out, I'd like, uh, uh, all right, fair. Enough. I would have done the idea is I would have done the exact same thing. Yeah. So well, like, the answer and the answer to that bitch, is we didn't well, sign no contract. Also, it's like, well, you didn't have a way to get rid of the bodies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I anyway, did. that that Shadowrun is very conducive to that style of open gaming, like uh, where it's not about the the table or the the set group. Yeah, it's it's not the collective. It's more open ended, as you said with the question. Or it can well, be. Yeah, it can be. Um, uh, along similar lines, I think a great game that is good for open-ended play is exalted Hmm. uh just because yes it's big and bombastic but the world is so big and the scale is so big Mm -hmm. you can start very very small and it can all it pretty much keeps going up nearly to infinity so if you've got a long enough game and you've got a open enough if you've got a really flexible gm it can take you where you want to go and it doesn't really necessarily have to have an in story to it. Because as we've maybe said on the podcast before, 
creation is always under like 12 different world ending apocalypses. So there's always something to solve or something to do. Right. Yep. I mean, D&D, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking motherfucking Dungeons and Dragons. You can do it forever. It's okay. You 100 years. Yeah, 100 years, 100 years. Immortal 20 year old. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be saving the world, the kingdom, or anything. Yep. If sometimes, I mean, I've I've known of groups that their entire shtick is GM makes a motherfuck dungeon, you go into that dungeon and do some shit in that dungeon. And that's just what they like to do. They like to go into dungeons, collect loot, and, you know, Play it fight like, monsters, fight monsters, and increase do their orc hitting number. Yeah, they're you know they're execution points. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and uh, reference. Now, I mean, okay, I that but reference. that doesn't necessarily work for everyone. And in, in terms of long, long term play, just being dropped in any old place. If there's like, I will tell you, one of the most annoying things that can happen to you is you come in like a couple years late. Uh, mm. to, I mean. It happened to me twice. Like, I've come in a couple years late to a game, just like this character, and this character, and this character, and this character that we know. It's like, I don't know these people and have no feelings toward them. But I'm <laughs> the captain of the palace guard. <laughs> oh, we, we met this guy before. Oh, oh. oh yes. Master Santana. <laughs> um, is it okay if I slit his throat? Is that fine? Do we like this guy? Am I knifey knife? Knife okay? Yes, no? Yes, no? Just tell me whether we're killing him or not. I, don't, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> no, care. no, don't don't tell me the story. I don't Ooh, care. that's running mysterious. All right. All right, so uh, here's a weird one, and I don't really have a good answer for it off the top of my head. Uh, which RPG do you enjoy adapting the most? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, which okay? How, how do you? Which one do you like writing house rules for? Yeah. Or which one do you like to use for various different settings? Right. Um. I mean, you can do it with Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty um, easy with Fifth Ed. Actually, well, the one there's one that's designed specifically off the top of my head that I know you can pick it up in like two minutes. It's Fate. Fate system is designed for that. It's a multi-genre. Yeah. It it can be easily augmented to whatever setting you want. It's a it's, it's a great so, system. It's just so rules light that you're ba- like, can't we all just tell each other a fun story at that? Yeah, point? exactly. That's what fate does. Um, I know a if if I needed to the core Chronicles of Darkness human book. Oh, yeah. is a lot really, of stuff in there. really good at really cool things. You could have like, because they had normal skills and attributes, but then they had the merit system, which not only just covered like backgrounds, but also like Kung Fu styles and like other yeah. stuff and like a wide variety of things. And so you're like, you can play, you can make any sort of like hero character that you wanted. So you could play in any type of setting. And it's simple enough because if you understand White Wolf system, you're done. You're ready to go. Move right along. The original storyteller system, like like Vampire First Edition to, to Revised Edition. Um, holy shit. Um, I forget the website. There is a website out there, or at least there was a website out there, chock full of weird-ass homebrew storyteller system hacks that did everything from, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to The Crow. To Highlander, Highlander was probably Highlander yeah. was one of them. I will say for Legend of the Wu Lin, we ba- like Dylan basically rewrote that game. Like, yeah, and there's a wiki out there with a lot of like custom content and stuff. There was even an Exalted skin for it because oh, wow. of, of motherfucking course there is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, know, it's Exalted as fuck. Yeah, uh, I mean that Legend of the Wu Lin is very good. It's it's a super fun game. I, I think they're coming out with a second edition eventually soon that's supposed to be a let me know beca- on rules. yeah let me know because 
The problem with that game is it's super beautiful, super enriching. The problem is it is grognardy as fuck when you Man, get down to it. Isn't it though? Oh, it is. It, me and Dylan are like, okay, we get this. We're we're into uh, it. Yeah. But I mean, if you I, get anyone else that's not even remotely on that level, you're like, uh, I, just I, do I, the thing. We played, we played the game with uh, our our group had yeah. a ver like varying levels of grognard in yeah. it <laughs> to where it was just like okay. This it was a learning experience, and about a year and a a year and a half in, everyone was had their feet onto them. Yeah, nice, it's nice. it's it's rough. What All we right. got next? Which game do you enjoy using as is? Ooh, words, so the reverse right, of that. right out of the box, no no tinkering required. Oh, I know your answer to this one. I mean, fucking fifth edition. That's <laughs> the yeah. No, okay, that's not fair though. I have adapted in house rolled the shit out of certain things in fifth ed just to you know make certain things a little sexier or adapt them. But really, if you want to snap a slap of a you know a core book down, be like. Bitches, it's your first time. Mm-hmm. This is the way you do it. That's it's, it's, it's the it's, easiest way. You're it's not Babby's first. Yeah, Babby's first. You don't take Babby's first and run, try to run a chronicle. I'm sorry, it's mm. not good for that. It's if you need to like get people into the idea of being being a dude playing some other dude, mm-hmm. get you some Dungeons and Dragons. Because at least then it was, oh, it was on that show Stranger Things. So I guess I'm not totes gay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's Which there's a role playing game for that now. Right out of the box, not I, an actual Stranger Things. It's yeah, called yeah. the eighties that never was. The eighties never was. Said, uh, season two of Stranger Things, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, the one I would say right out the box, I would use it with almost no, little to no alter- alterations. Hunter the Reckoning. Okay. It was pretty solid. It was one of the latest, one of the last in their line of rules. So plus. You were basically a human being with some weird superpower just kind of overlaid. You weren't a weird type of creature. So the scale was a lot, a little smaller. Things were a little more intimate. It's easier to manage and you could just play. You could just play it and it's fine. There's not a lot of wonkiness to it. It's good. It's solid. It's fun. That's what I would say. Oh, um, oh, sorry. I, that was my original. That was one of my answers. I know what my actual answer would be. I'm sorry. Legend of the Five Rings. Huh, the okay. original Legend of the Five Rings from John Wick when he was part of that writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have almost all the books because I went through my phase on that. Um, it's really good. It has very simple mechanics and it had a very, very rich setting and you could play it and it all felt very in theme. I really don't have a good answer for this because it's it's just, I, I play whatever. Uh, like uh, I'm very fluid in terms of mechanics, so house rules I can roll with. Out of the box, I can roll with. It's not, it's not a concern for me. Yeah, really. Scott doesn't do the mechanics. Right. Thing. I do the mechanics thing. It's just not. <laughs> it's I, not a major concern. It's not a major concern. I'm more right. about the character. I'm well, more about you know, the, these these questions aren't meant to be like not every not yeah. every gamer has an answer for all of these. Yeah. No, so, we must have an answer for all of them. Number seventeen. Uh, which RPG have you owned the longest but not played? Uh, oh, I know. At, I, I got at, it. At this point, I have to uh, to curse Matthew because he, he he mentioned this before. Yep, I've had this one in the hopper. Noblis. Yep. <laughs> um, I've played Noblis a little bit, but I've owned it for a lot longer than I than I than I've played it. Um, it takes a special kind of mind to wrap your head around that game. Um, not so much the setting, although the setting is very much out there and very strange and very weird, which I love, of course. Uh, but the mechanics, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to get your head around it. It's it's um, it's a diceless system, 
um, but it's nowhere near as like simple and elegant as Amber. Uh, there are actual mechanics involved. There are actual no, I mean there are mechanics involved in Amber, but there are much more complicated and strange and sometimes contradictory mechanics. Um, it's beautiful and weird, and you can kind of get your head around it, but unless you're basically willing to just sort of ignore certain parts of the text and just kind of go with it, it's it's hard. I loved it. I've loved the games I've played in it. It's a wonderful, wonderful game. It's very pretty and it's very beautiful. But damn. But it's weird. But it's very weird. You got yours, man? Uh, I mean, I've owned the Werewolf the Forsaken book since the the original one since the day it came out, and I've never once sat down and played a game of Werewolf the Forsaken. I've also owned a Shadowrun book or two, and I've never played a game of Shadowrun. Oh, wow. Uh, that's actually my answer is I've had, probably since I was almost 16, mm-hmm. I've had second edition Shadowrun. I've never played a game. Yeah. Never played a game. I love the setting. Yeah. Never played yeah, Shadowrun. I, really, I really like Shadowrun. I would love to play Shadowrun mm-hmm. one day. Then, I mean, but you guys made the other thing, so I guess yeah. I'm it's kind of mostly the... Well, Shadowrun Anarchy is also out, which that is yeah, much right. more rules-like. That one, I think, will be more approachable to most people nowadays, because Shadowrun is actually grognardy as fuck. Oh, you God, hit to keep yes. track of a lot of stuff, yep. and Shadowrun Anarchy was very much designed to say, we're going to peel back a lot of these extraneous mechanics... If this is not your bag, and you can still well, play in the Shadowrun Shadow, universe. Shadowrun is also very modular. You could just hand wave a lot of it and not, not worry about certain right. parts of the rules. Because magic. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, so, which RPG have you played the most in your life? Uh, Vampire. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah. Vampire is pretty much my... It, it, I mean, it, for tabletop... Uh, it's a toss-up between D20 Star Wars and Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. of all editions, but if we were going to talk, like, most, like, of a certain edition, I've, at mo- I played 4th edition, actually, for the longest stretches of time for Dungeons and Dragons. I played D- D20 Star Wars 3.5 for, fu- for five years. Wow. Um, and then, of course, the actual most amount of time I played an RPG is LARPing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, if you want to yeah. consider that one thing, yeah. yeah, the one character, that one time I spent four and a half years on a character, yeah, or two, yeah you know. that'll do uh, it. Actually, I'll have to say, it, Exalted, because yeah, I literally yeah, ran yeah. like a seven, seven or eight year, yeah, yeah, game. I, and I ran like a four or five year game as well. That that's yeah, no, Exalted's pretty much up there. It's uh, probably a toss up between Exalted and Vampire, actually. Plus LARPing, because that's its whole... Well, LARPing, right. it's not one game, it's but it's kind of the same thing. I mean, that's the thing is where that's 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 an eight session a year kind of thing. Like, generally, right. generally you get eight sessions out of a year, so that's... It's just you have... I mean, the hour count is about yeah. the same as a normal <laughs> RPG. Yeah, yeah. By the end of it, yeah. But... Uh, okay. Uh, number 19. Which RPG has features the best writing? Best straight up writing. I have no fucking idea. I have no yeah, opinion. Yeah, you've already admitted to not, not I don't looking care. at the fluff. Um, I'm going to go with a combin... A, I'm going to go uh, on a flip-flop. Uh, Noblis, uh, because it does have incredibly beautiful writing. Um, and it's it's a gorgeous read. Uh, and Houses of the Blooded. Yeah, Houses of the Blooded is Houses one of the, of the better is an incredibly it has an incredible amount of style in it. It's 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 read the way it's written. Um, it has a grammar to it that that gets you into the culture of the Ven, uh, and really kind of makes that setting live. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would say 
to not say the same thing, yeah. uh, I would actually say uh, go to my try and true one. Uh, Legend of the Five Rings has got some of the best writing because it's all written from an Eastern perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of want to play in a little bit without being truly like just straight up Wuja, mm-hmm. that's actually a really good. Cool. Uh, well, as I said, John Wick was part of that plus a lot of other writers um and just had a very cool flow to it it got you in that mythical eastern perspective without being just like purely chinese or purely japanese cool all right number 20 um what is the best source for out of print rpgs drive through rpg yep. yeah that's straight up that's it that's the only that's it right yeah that's basically it if, yeah yeah or, or unless so- you've or some hobo cash. Yeah, hobo. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There. <laughs> it's funny the fantasy flight stuff. Um, so in February, uh, the fantasy flight lost the license to mm-hmm. all the 40k stuff. So they all went off. You couldn't get them. You couldn't buy them off their website. You couldn't get them through Drive Through RPG. Huh. So literally, everyone was uh, because I'm part of some of the Discord servers and a few of they were all scrambling to try to get the PDFs from everyone else because it's literally. Impossible to we find them. We cannot buy these anymore. It is now okay to steal it. <laughs> um, so, but luckily, uh, the um, the company that has the license now is going to be re-releasing them on Drive-Thru RPG. Oh, that's cool. So you will be able to really? get them that's, officially. That's weird because the, the new company has the license to, tell, to sell the old company. Books. Yeah, I don't know how that is, but that's, they 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 are contractomancy. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to go back up. That's the latest news is they're going to go back up so you can get them. Hopefully, they'll be at a substantially discounted rate so you can get like all of them for nothing. Granted, you could easily Google it and find whatever you wanted because people just, for a while, because they, Fantasy Flight wasn't doing super lots of support for a really long time right. on these books. They were just like, here, you can find them. You can use them. But, okay. And the last question for the evening. Uh, what RPG does the most with the least words? What's the most so basically what's the most efficient what's the most concise like uh, I can cheat right now I, I can cheat so, so hard right now I mean whole but no subnet subnet yeah yeah it's 115 pages okay yeah that's, fair enough I mean, and that's setting and rules that's I mean that's far <laughs> that's I mean that would have to be my answer because it is the most concise RPG I have I have taken part in because all the other ones that I have mentioned are verbose as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's still a, technically a lot more writing that could be done on them, but if you wanted to get the brass tacks of playing the game and being in the setting, mm-hmm. the, what we've written so far in yeah, our I, alpha, I, I in think, our alpha I rules. I think we've reached the point where, like, if, if we're going to write the rest that it could be in there, we, we need our Kickstarter money. Yeah, like, we basically we, we need... We gotta get paid. We gotta get paid, or we just have to be super inspired to get out. But well, there's some stuff that we obviously do need to add, but... Oh, yeah, oh, there, there's bits and pieces here, but the, the, the skeleton is strong. I mean, that and the yeah. that and the uh, the uh, the LARPs that we have all taken part in. Oh, like, yeah. I would yeah, say yeah. they've done a lot, in terms of just machinery-wise, oh, like, yeah. they do the most with the least. Oh, yeah, the, the rule LARPs, systems are very... Yeah. Buffer LARPs, not slow LARPs, buffer LARPs have to be. They oh, have yeah. to be lean and mean, or they don't. They start breaking down. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say they have to be because there are some not lean and mean well, LARPs that have run for a very, very long time. But that's momentum and legacy, and that's a whole bunch of other factors. But you got to But the. But basically, if you want to like attract actual new people that you you know aren't just Roddy's cousin, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah you're gonna need some lean and tight rules so that people who aren't mechanically minded yeah. can take them in and I, uh, absorb them. I uh, there was a LARP swap meet recently, uh, a couple months ago actually, 
Um, and I got some really cool pl- props or some lacquer from some people, and they were really cool people, and their, their game obviously had a really high production value, which I was actually kind of interested in. And then I saw their rules page, and I couldn't get past the 50-plus character cl- races that you could be. It was just, it was just too much. It was too much. It was too like uh, you just reading the, the the character rules, the 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 race rules, and all the various mechanics that the various races had. I realized how labyrinthine the and the main rules text would have to be. I'm like, I can't do it. I just can't. I like these people. They're cool, interesting people. But no. Yeah, there's something as bloat of mechanical bloat, and it's something I know me, Scott, and a lot of other people try to fight I against mean, because it can run away from you very our, quickly. Our neck of the woods, like basically any LARPer you've ever heard on this podcast or people associated with LARP, all these games are kind of as lean in terms of machinery as it and as it gets. Like so Yeah, you can you can you can do a lot with, a I with would, them. I would I would honestly say that it's the reason that they all survive without the crazy ass massive momentum and f- and the funding and stuff because you know you can in fact within reason bring a new person in and not have to be, you know you don't have to read them the Bible. Well, I don't have to give them a fucking adrenaline shot you know, <laughs> after they see the first couple of pages. It's like I don't I don't know. Well, what do it, I do? It's, it, yeah, there's serious analysis paralysis um because i used to play solar legends and all that and they had some very thick rules and uh, i kind of did it the hard way first and then i found the rule sets that were much leaner and meaner thanks to adrian mcclear i have to give him credit for that that's what he pioneered uh and from there opened my eyes to the idea of buffers don't need to be big and bloated they can they can be slick and small and tight and and it makes it better experience turns out turns out you don't need an hp system <laughs> not, not a turns big out, one. You, turns out a, a character never needs to have like more than like du- double digits if you dare, but maybe mm-hmm. probably never, never. That. Most characters will never. Most have characters digits. never have that, and maybe most characters fall down in two hits. Like that's. <laughs> it turns much. out things get a lot, a lot tighter when you know when the numbers get shrunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that was all the questions for this round. Mm-hmm. Interesting uh, questions. I really, I really like the yeah. format. They, they get the gears spinning in my Indeed head. They do. Yeah. I, I sure hope I don't have. I don't. I sure hope for the next set I don't have all those same answers over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, everyone, where can we I, find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at uh, by uh, no. I'm not <laughs> you can find Matthew at Bioimportance, <laughs> and you find Scott at uh, Divis Mallcalf. And I'm always at arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S. <laughs> we did a little, that was a little gaffe right there. That was funny. Um, if you give want to give us feedback, you have more questions you'd like us to answer, go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. You can send it there. Uh, if you really like us, you want to become one of our bosses and give us a little cash to help us grow and expand, go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. And you can always go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. <laughs>